0: You are listening to Infinite Beat on Radio Valencia this is your host Topazu. and right now we're listening to Brian Eno this is from Music for White Cube and uh this track of course uh was a for an installation for White Cube Gallery in London it uh features moments Eno captured in Regent's Park February 1st 1997 and uh Today, my guest is Jason Palastri. He is a, uh, <laughs> he is a founding member of Warm Leatherette, Hostaria, as well as a member of the Surface Tension Collective. Thank you, Jason, for coming to the studio.
1: Thanks for having me. This is a, it's an honor. I've really yeah, liked everybody else you've had on the show, either personally or from a distance, so I'm really honored to be included in that, that little crew.
0: Thank you. We are. Uh, I have to, because I'm extremely honest. We are sharing a mic right now. I guess <laughs> none of the mics in the studio work right now. But thank that's you. Not pauses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but thank you. Um, you're actually one of the first people I thought of when I started the show. So I've sort of been saving you for a little while. <laughs> right.
1: Oh wow. That's that's an even higher honor. And yeah.
0: Uh, so, on the show, I've had uh, your, one, one of the members of, uh, of course, the Surface Tension slash Warm Leatherette slash hostaria Collectives. Um, you know, we sort of touched briefly on Warm Leatherat and Surface Tension, but we... We never really talked about the origins of Warm Leather at, which, you know, this party has been around for several years, and uh, you guys have decided to recently, you know, of course, resurrect. So how did you guys start uh, Warm Leather At?
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was a pretty different party at the beginning. Um, uh, I had been living abroad in uh, China, in Shanghai, and had been sort of experimenting with little, um, kind of post-punk night over there. Um, and, uh...
0: Well, what was, what, what was it called?
1: Well, it was, it was very, um, underground or just sort of off of any radar for, there, there's like a lot of stuff happening in Shanghai now that's like interesting from an, or like known from an international perspective around the shelter and... Yeah, yeah We shelter. talked about so saying before and, um... I didn't, obviously, did not know him at all. Um, and Shelter wasn't really, like, up and active then. So we just did a, like, a little night with, I did a night with two expats and uh, three uh, friends from northern China. We, like, put together a, a monthly night that was kind of like, we did, like, themed nights, but mostly played, like, post punk and um, that kind of stuff. And just, I'm just, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah and then i I moved back uh shortly you know i did that for a while over there and really made like actually interestingly that was with uh one of the guys that eventually became a member of um pop 1280 which is like a little like like a gutter punk kind of grimy industrial band on uh, sacred bones um and uh and they've actually played warm leather which is kind of funny but um yeah so initially then i came back and uh, my roommate was active um with uh with uh nihar um who is uh, has been on the show and uh is a true like mover and shaker and original in in san francisco things um and uh yeah my roommate and him knew each other and uh i it Got via my roommate, and got to Nihar that I was interested in doing some kind of night thing, and we talked about it, and sort of felt like we were on the same page as far as wanting to experiment some, like, with some uh, danceable post-punk stuff as an antidote to, you know, a lot of stuff that was being played out at the time. Uh, um, not that there was there was no other things working in that vein, but it was just, uh, uh, I don't know, it felt like maybe the disco uh, element was sort of in the ascendant, but people hadn't really liked experiment as much of the goth kind of vibes or the like dark um, um, yeah that stuff so um, yeah so we started uh, a little night up at uh, Caretakers we had a friend up there uh, which was a place up on De it was basically somebody's large living room they had uh, bicycle aerobics um, classes and uh, like movie nights and uh, like maybe also like underground brunches I don't know there was a lot of activities going on there and then our night and it was, it was really fun because we could uh, go late if we wanted to. And so we had these, like, very small uh, events at first where uh, a lot of people would come out and get to play kind of whatever we wanted and played a lot of Italo and some minimal synth and, like, synth pop and stuff like that. And it was just really fun. Um, yeah. Cool.
0: And then, uh, so, over the years, it seems like members of... Warm Leatherette were growing it, it, you know it sort of started off with a, I believe you and Nihar primarily and then Justin Anastasi sort of joined you guys and uh, I believe Damon Way also eventually towards the the maybe the last year or so kind of joined you guys I think I'm, I'm trying to remember but um, yeah. Yeah, right. so was, is working with a collective really important for the identity of, of Warm Leatherette and what you guys all do?
1: Yeah, very. I, I mean, we're definitely strong as a group. Um, Justin had been promoting nights or promoting events and, and booking bands and stuff all over San Francisco for a while before he kind of we've kind of folded Warm Leatherette and his night uh, that he was running at Cat Club called uh, Artificial into the same thing. Um, and uh, Damon was doing Artificial with Justin then, so they, they, they knew each other from that, and we knew them via both both nights it was kind of mutual admiration society and uh yeah and then I was away for a while actually when uh Justin Damon and at the time Laura Riegler I don't know if you know her she was like a really amazing uh record collector who like had already had like a totally voluminous collection of like rare synth records before like anything blew up before people were you know reissuing very much of anything and um so she had like Crazy deep record collection, um, and so for a little while there, in sort of the the end of the caretakers era, it was Justin, Damon, me, and Nihar, and then eventually we moved to submission, where like things kind of took off a little bit more than they had at, um, at caretakers. Just the space was more conducive, and like felt really gross and you know <laughs> s- yeah slimy and all that stuff, which it was made, really a good vibe. Definitely
0: captures the atmosphere. The yeah. Type, yeah, it's
1: perfect for filling up with you know sticky like synthetic fog and yeah. <laughs> Um, I forget. Was there more to the question other than that? No.
0: Uh.
1: <laughs> I can't remember if there was another part of the question other than. Was it you know working working
0: uh, yeah. working as a
1: collective? Yeah, it got lost in it lost uh, got lost in the memories. Um, but yeah, no, I think everybody brings something really different to the table and different personalities, and definitely in both nights with, with the warm weather at stuff first and now with surface tension there's a lot that we gain by like running things past each other and uh, vetting stuff and kind of tweaking each other's ideas to sort of make it fit and make it come together and I think that's, that's sort of what makes it fun and also not exhausting for anybody like the people who really have a lot of energy and free time are also doing like um, a lot of projects on the side that kind of complement things that surface tension is doing and um, yeah, it's just we're definitely stronger as a group. So,
0: and then uh, ultimately, I mean, for you've you've revived warm leatherat, but ultimately, warm leatherat sort of was retired for a short period of time, actually at the height of its popularity, and um, it to basically, in some ways, become surface tension, uh, which seems to have a similar DNA, but it's a very very different animal. So what kind of motivated you guys to collectively create surface tension as an extension of Warm Leatherette?
1: Yeah, Yeah, um, so that shift happened kind of as an extension of um, us looking kind of a little further afield from the, like, 80s canon. I think a lot of us are feeling a little bit confined by um, as much as there is, sort of, that is undiscovered and untapped in the, like, in the, um, you know, out there in the ether um, that was produced kind of in the peak years of minimal synth and dark wave and um, in the 80s basically Um, you know it also it's a little bit the sounds are all of a piece and um, and you don't want to just be sort of slavishly, like, reproducing a sound that was already basically created um, and and finished, you know, at some t- at some point earlier, as exciting as a lot of those records are. So I think we started playing, like, integrating more newer things that we felt, like, kind of more a natural extension of that. And a lot of those also tended to be more, like, four-on-the-floor feeling kind of stuff because that was some of the funnest—funnest, funnest, it's not really a word—but that was some of the most, like, enjoyable parts of Warm Leatherhead is, like, when the dance floor was really, like, going— yeah. um, and uh, so we're trying to like sort of, um, l- it, like stretch that energy out um, into like more and more of the night. I think. Um, so we're already kind of heading that direction. Then Chris Zaldua, who is well well known to probably your listeners, um, and is just an all around like knows everything about all different flavors of techno, and was had been coming out to Warm Leather Forever. Um, just was I think one of the like kind of pushed the issue and said like well if everybody's already kind of interested in these sounds anyway and there's like starting to be more and more like new stuff released that we're all excited about why not sort of do a shift and just like make it kind of more official so we had like one show where it was a profligate was like the the um the artist and i think he was like that guy and that style and that sound was like really representative of kind of what we were starting to feel really excited about when we made that that jump over um and, uh, and yeah, with surface tensions really taken off. It's like there's definitely a, a more of a techno element, but I think everybody really likes playing with the idea of like, pure techno and, and throwing in stuff that would have made sense in Warm Leatherette or in other contexts and kind of trying to stretch it out.
0: The, the family keeps extending itself. Yeah. The collective keeps growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, of oh, course, with fun. Chris. <laughs> uh, so what's up, next for uh specifically warm leatherette and surface tension
1: so warm leatherette i think um will continue to sort of roll on an opportunistic basis i think when we have um the last thing we did was further reductions which um you know we're really excited about um but as many great uh new bands as there are that are working in that vein that sort of belongs squarely in a warm leatherette um context um it's uh it doesn't always it doesn't always uh, happen that that we can uh, make those things work like on a really regular basis so um kind of waiting for you know as opportunities present themselves we'll like do it as a one-off thing and then uh surface tension um we do we have a really exciting booking coming up in september that's not officially announced yet but for whoever is listening um we hope that you can make it out it's going to be um ron morelli is coming he's the uh, awesome. yeah the lies label head and we've been working on that for a long time um and uh you know a lot of lies stuff is really has really bridged a gap for us in terms of Taking kind of techno aesthetics and and structure, but also like keeping a, like a, just a punk and and spontaneous kind of and a, and a hardness um, that really matches with some of the like the the post punk and dark wave things that we were we were into before. Um, so we're super excited. It's, like we're one of our coolest things that, that we've done in, in a while. though actually, I like all the the bookings that we've done. Um. And. Uh, and then after that, we have something cool coming up in October, but we're still trying to square away details, so I should probably hang on to that one. Yeah.
0: And, uh, of course, I when they officially announce it, I will officially announce it on our Facebook page, which is no. Infinite Beast. <laughs> be um, it was definitely taken, <laughs> and it's just, it's just sort of funny for it's me, funny. sorry. Um, <laughs> and, uh, of course, we should also talk about Hosteria. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is also a really great long, long-standing party about, more specifically, underground house and rave mm-hmm. culture. Um, so, are there any upcoming shows for Haseteria as well? Which is also more, much more one-off now.
1: Yeah. Yes, there are. Let's, thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they. Uh, let's see. So yeah, Haseteria is um, is kind of on. Uh, hiatus also a little opportunistic basis Um, but yeah that's that's our sort of outlet for digging a lot of those like late 80s early 90s kind of rave and house records that we love so dearly Um, uh, much more like uh, funny and kind of silly at times and also uplifting and like kind of the uh, the flip side of the coin um, to some of the surface tension stuff Um, but yeah we have uh, uh, Andre uh, Bobby Browser coming out in uh, in actually just uh, about a month, a little over a month. Um, he's gonna be we're gonna be playing at uh, Underground SF, which is the first time there. has always been like a weird roving party, just rambling around the city, kind of finding wherever it can get a like toehold in. So it'd be really cool to play there. I've loved parties that have happened there. I love that like the vibe of that place and it has a really cool history too. So yeah, yeah. so that should be fun.
0: And uh, are you also working on any other projects or Djing elsewhere uh, anytime soon'm
1: I'm, uh, I'm a shut-in at the moment I have a uh, I have a new baby so um, with uh, that that just takes up a lot of one's time <laughs> I think mean, not just my time just anyone's time who has a new baby would know um, so yeah I'm doing a lot of you know I'm still like uh, pulling up a lot of records and and uh, working on stuff at home but um, uh, the DJ bookings have been uh, taking a backseat for the next foreseeable little chunk. Yeah.
0: So you were doing private parties with the baby.
1: Private parties of two, yeah. Of two. Yeah, <laughs> me and me and her, yeah. <laughs> Trying to play some baby-friendly electronic records at home, yeah. She's
0: a techno baby.
1: <laughs> she's going to be, she's probably going to hate techno, actually. That's what's going <laughs> to happen. She's going to get to, like, 13 years old and be like, that is dumb dad music. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Or maybe she's just gonna think that this is just the most amazing music, and it's a huge part of her uh, how she developed her ear, mm. and she'll be, you know, the next big, huge techno DJ.
1: That would be that would be fantastic. I'm not I'm not holding my breath that that would happen before she's like in her 20s, but yeah, hopefully, yeah, that's hang my hat on that privately. That hope, yeah.
0: Baby pilastery playing at Berkheim, so
1: Yeah if it's still standing. <laughs> anyway. So, paper, right? yeah, exactly.
0: um, so uh, I'm going to have Jason actually take over the show for the next uh, an hour and a half or so, just a little bit longer. So thank you for coming to the studio. And uh, he's going to be playing right after this Brian Eno track.